You're listening to the Soul Shape Podcast, where we focus on your spiritual fitness or what we like to call your energetic self-care. We're sisters and the co-founders of Soul Shape, a quantum wellness app designed to make it easier and accessible to find healing practitioners in the energy healing world and the soon-to-be Soul Gym. We want to have soulful conversations about spirituality and wellness, and whether you're dabbling or taking a deep dive into energy healing, we want to introduce modalities and healing healing practitioners to you one by one. So it's time to get into Soul Shape. My name is LJ Woodard, and this is my sister, Leslie Bennett. And Leslie, who are we talking with today? Well, <laughs> we are talking with Patrick Kerkeri, and we're going to be talking about the healing power of acupuncture and Qigong and Vedic astrology. So we have a lot on our plate today. And I'm going to tell the folks a little bit about Patrick. Um, he is a licensed acupuncturist, a certified instructor for Tai Chi, Qigong, and a certified Reiki master. And uh, he's well-versed in rehabilitative exercises um, from Sistema to animal flow, right, and cupping. And I read that you enjoy teaching in an environment that encourages interaction, exploration, and individual expression and says happiness and fulfillment come naturally when we got we go past our fears and tap into our true selves. How does that sound? I like it. <laughs> covered it nicely. So you you have um you you practice you you do a lot of modalities. Do you have a favorite? Man, um my favorites lately, I love the Qigong mm-hmm. because it's just You're bringing a spirituality into a body level. You're feeling your energy moving. When you're full of energy, like you can be your real self and, you know, you can kind of get out of your self-sabotage and all that stuff. I love that. These days, I really, I love the astrology, all the divination stuff, the astrology, the runes, the um, the I Ching. I read I Ching too. Acupuncture is a great modality. I'll always love that. But the stuff that's a little more... I don't know, the more woo-woo stuff. Mm -hmm. I just have more fun with it. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. And so as someone who is involved in multiple modalities, and I I think I know the answer because I'm probably the same person, is, you know, what led you to each one? Um, So acupuncture... That was back, what the, when the heck was that? That was probably in like 2004, 2005. I was in, um, lived in San Diego. I was in the Navy out there. And um, that was that was something I sought out just for, you know, for body pain, for stress and all that. You know, even back then, military medicine started dabbling in it because the, uh, the Marines out there in California and the special operations asked for it because... Mm-hmm. Things got pretty dark back then. Yeah. You know, with the war on terror and yeah. You know, we're in like 20 years of it at this point. Wow. But um <laughs> so there were horrible stress cases within the military, but they didn't want to give psychiatric meds to the people they spent the most money training because yeah. of the side effects. Sure. So the those Marines were like, get us acupuncture. So they brought in the Navy Medical Clinic brought in volunteers. they put a volunteers notice out. They brought in volunteers and then then they started giving people contracts. Wow. So they saw of, results. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah. And a lot of those guys had paid for it out of pocket, and they were like, you yeah, know, they're extremely practical people. And they were like, we got to get something that, that really works here. 
So the Marines to Vedic astrology. That's quite a journey. Yeah, well, I was a Navy guy, but those are the people. I'm who, sorry. The, those Navy. are the people who, who wrong chapter got <laughs> the Marines got <laughs> acupuncture into Navy medicine. It okay, was, it was like it's what's called MARSOC these days. Mm-hmm. You know, the special operations branch. Those guys asked for acupuncture from Navy medicine. Wow. So, All right. So how did you get from so, there from being a military? Yeah. So Navy I, guy. So I got really interested. I became a patient. I was like, this is pretty amazing. And then. I was leaving that whole world, and I was like, what am I going to do with myself? I thought about going to law school for about five minutes. <laughs> and uh, I was like, hell no, like, I, can't, I can't sit at a desk for 14 hours a day. And I, and I just don't want to be in that world. I mean, the world needs legal work, but it's not me. So I was thinking about it, and I was like, well, I should do something I'm really interested in. Because with the whole law school thing, I was already like, okay, how long do I have to do this so I can afford right. a bunch of money and get the hell out of it? Right. It's like, well, that's not a good beginning. So when I was trying to make all these decisions, the uh, the crash, so this is like 08 going into 09, the crash of 08 had happened. Yeah. And by early 09, doctors were fleeing out of medicine. There was like an exodus because their insurance reimbursements got slashed. Because basically, the insurance companies, they collect premiums. They turn around and give those to the investment banks. They gamble them on stocks. And then the returns are what pays out all the, the claims and all that stuff. So the doctors couldn't get reimbursed like they used to. So they were, And that's why it's such, it's such a pain in the ass now to get like a specialist appointment. Yeah. So I was like, this is going to get big. This whole natural health thing is going to get big. So... I had a lot of detractors who were like, what are you, what are you doing with your life? You're, I'd gone to the Naval Academy. I'd done all this, you know, all this show pony stuff. And I was like the family show pony. <laughs> so they're like, what are you doing? You have so much potential. I was like, yes, exactly. That's why I'm going to do this. Yeah. So I got into it. It was still, it was funny because also in 2008, they had those Beijing Olympics. Yeah. So Michael Phelps had cupping marks all over his he back. Did. <laughs> so it went it took a couple of years, but it went from conspiracy theory, you know, right. Chinese medicine's a conspiracy theory. And then like everybody who used to call it a conspiracy theory was like, Oh yeah, I know all about cupping. Yeah, Michael Phelps had that on TV. Yeah. So like it, like, it changed real quick. Right. Yeah. So yeah, so really what got me into it was just seeing how effective it was. And it's like my own Healing got me into it. So I wasn't like, oh, I'm a good biology student. I think I'm going to study medicine. It was yeah. like, no, I was like, I had like PTSD, anxiety, like resentment out the wazoo, you know, my body hurt. Yeah. yeah. So it was, it was like necessity. Right. And you were open to it. I mean, that's. Yeah. I mean, that's the key thing. You have to be open to it, first of all. Yeah. Yeah. So I was just like. I'd learned and seen enough where I was like, well, I was open because I was like, well, the world that I've been told about is not really real. And I think there's something behind it. Yeah. And that that's a, a truism that a lot of us on this, you know, our own self journeys um, <clears throat> come to discover is, you know, this program, you know, of going into the military or buy, you know, going, becoming a lawyer or becoming a doctor, getting the house, getting the family, you know, it's so, it's just so driven into us, but 
there's so much more out there, as you found out, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, I found out. Um, Laura, too. I'm not trying to leave her out. (laughs) Me, too. (laughs) So um, tell us about um, Vedic astrology. Yeah. You know, I have no idea what that is. Laura doesn't know what it is. I've, I've had a Vedic astrology reading. So, you know, I think let's let's take this time, at least the next few minutes or so, to help people understand why someone would go Vedic versus sure. traditional, I don't know what to call the traditional astrology, but the more common, well-versed astrology. I'll get into that a little bit, and I'll try not to bog us down in the, the history of astrology. Okay. But the, um, the oldest records of astrology go back about, it's like six, 7,000 years, so it goes into like... Sumer and Babylon, like some of the oldest acknowledged civilizations. Yeah. And um, they had five zodiacs that all served different purposes. And when you say zodiacs, is that my sign? No, like actual models for looking at the stars. Okay. Okay. So out of those five zodiacs, two have really stayed, you know, kind of well-known. Active. Yeah. The best known is what we call the tropical zodiac. So that that's what, you know, we consider mainstream astrology. So when most people have a conversation, they say, I'm a Leo, I'm a Libra, I'm a Pisces, you know, whatever the case may yeah, be. Right. They're talking about tropical astrology. So tropical astrology, the original purpose of it was to measure time, to measure light. So what they do is they set zero degrees Aries is always the spring equinox, mm-hmm. you know, and that's going to fall anywhere from what, March 20th through about the 22nd. And then they set zero Libra to the fall equinox, you know, which is in the third week of September. So that never changed. So it's an unchanging zodiac, and it's what they call an ideal zodiac. But the stars actually drift over time. So let's say, let's say today, right? Let's say the moon is in Taurus, for example. Mm-hmm. If you look up in the sky, you know, the moon is in Taurus. But then if you consult mainstream astrology, they're going to tell you the moon's in Gemini. So the, so the tropical zodiac, the one that just measures light and time, that survived, and then the sidereal. So the sidereal is just what is in the visible sky. They are 24 degrees off, so they're two-thirds of a sign off. Now what happened was right about the time when the Roman Empire adopted Christianity, so we're talking in the 4th century. It's the Romans. They changed it. Yeah, once once they became Christian, they changed a lot of things. Yeah. So what they did was the the priests were actually in a huge rivalry because people would go to astrologers when they wanted guidance. So the astrolog so then when they went to the astrologer for guidance, the astrologer wasn't like, let's look in the big man upstairs rule book. It's like, you must do this. And it's like a one-size-fits-all solution. No, the astrologer was like, hey, when were you born? Where were you born? Okay, let's see what your most genuine path is, what your most genuine identity is. Well, the, the, the Christian clergymen, the pastors, they hated that. And they were lobbying 
the Roman government to basically suppress astrology. And they would even send the Christian mobs out there to, you know, to literally tear, you know, astrologers and philosophers and all these people apart. So once the Roman Empire became Christian, they said, this is the official astrology. And they took that tropical, what we consider mainstream astrology, mm -hmm. and they said, this, this is it, and there's no other way to read this. So really, mainstream astrology right now, it's church astrology. Hmm. So, and it's like one of those things. It's like sometimes, no matter how hard you rebel, you can't get away from your parents. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the new age is like that. There's the always astrology. a little piece of them in there, isn't there? <laughs> <laughs> so, so basically, you know, they set it up that way. Mm -hmm. And... In about the year, well, yeah, about the year two, three hundred, these two zodiacs were actually synced up. So on the spring equinox, two thousand years ago, the sun was rising at zero Aries. Now it rises at six Pisces on the spring equinox. So the the entire sky shifts over time. Yeah. Stars take what. 72 years to move a degree. So that's the traditional. What's the Vedic? So ve so what happened? So the Vedic, they took that sidereal zodiac, mm -hmm. which is just the visible sky, and it shifts over time. Vedic is a combination of the native astrology in India, and then the Vedic civilization actually invaded India. So Sanskrit came from somewhere like far to the north. Mm -hmm. So it's a mix of what was like native in India, what was in this Vedic civilization. And then when Alexander the Great was pushing his empire east, and it was like 200, 300 BC, mm -hmm. they brought the Greek astrology into India. And the astrologers in India were like, this is good stuff. Mm -hmm. Because in India or in like Babylon, they didn't do individual horoscopes. It was all about, it was a science of when to to know how to to know how to and when to communicate with different planets and different stars because before organized religion the planets and the stars were like the bodies of like the divinities mm. you know the gods and the goddesses mm. so it was more of like a society thing in india and in like babylon the greeks came up with this whole thing about doing individual horoscopes yeah that you and i are different yeah Exactly. Based on when we were born. Yeah, you're not just a cog in the machine of society, but you're, you know, you're unique and huh. you can you can be a better part of the collective if you know who you are individually. So <laughs> I'm just getting some light bulb moments here because I have some questions now, because, you know, we we are trying to get back to this oneness. Sure. And I would say the way that came in and made us individuals took us away from that oneness understanding, right? So that's what I'm, I'm now curious about, and I wonder if you have any thoughts on that. Um, and if you don't, we can just go into... It's got to be both. Yeah. Okay. That, see, that's the, fair. The, the answer in life is, like, usually both. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's like, it's like every, everybody is... Not everybody, but... But we're in the, the oneness, but we can be an expression, individual expression. Totally. Okay. Like the mainstream of the world is like they're insane about politics. Yeah. You know, like it's gonna fix something, and like, and it's like, well, what side are you on? And I'm like, well, both. 
You know what I mean? Or, yeah. Should I go to holistic medicine or Western medicine? Well, well, both. <laughs> like, what do you? What do Why you? Why deny need? yourself one? Right. Why deny yourself? So you want to take the red pill or the blue pill? Like yeah. both. Yeah. <laughs> or <You> none. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sure. So. So yeah, I think. So Vedic. Getting back to Vedic, so why would I, what insights yeah. um, would be, I would gain from a Vedic reading versus a traditional reading, if you if you know? You're going to, so the mainstream, the tropical astrology, perfectly valid zodiac, and I don't discount it. Yeah. But I go with the sidereal, I go with, with the more Vedic style. So the sidereal, the mainstream it's going to tell you about the appearance of things. It's going to tell you about how things look, why they look this way. But then when you go into that sidereal, you go to more of that Vedic style, it's a, it goes to more of your essence. It's on a deeper level. Mm. Now, another thing, too, is it's more lunar. The mainstream astrology is more solar. So when people say, I'm a Sagittarius, I'm a Taurus, they're talking about their sun sign. Sun sign is extremely nonspecific because it takes the sun 30 days to move through a sign. So then you kind of like, you see those internet personality tests and it's like, there are 12 people in the world. Which one are you? When you go into more lunar zodiac, you know, like the Vedic, like the sidereal, the moon is actually more important because the moon deals with, it does deal with your body it's a symbol for your body, but it's also your subconscious mind. So it's a deeper level of your mm. mind. The sun, on one hand, it's your soul, but then it's also your conscious mind. So it's more of like what you show the world versus like what's really in there. Because we all wear a mask. Mm -hmm. So it deals with how people tick on a much deeper level. When you go into that lunar, the more lunar zodiac, you go into the Vedic, the sidereal. Now... When you get more lunar, the 12 sun signs are made of 27 lunar mansions. These are smaller constellations that make up the 12 big constellations, the 12 sun signs. So that gets really interesting because those 27 lunar mansions that make up the 12 signs are all ruled by different planets, different deities. And then those little lunar mansions have four quarters. Wow. So you're really getting into it's, some specificity. Yeah. Interesting. You're really getting into the weeds. Wow. And they would even use that to name children in the old days. Oh, really? In India. So you'd wait for the birth. So you And you'd wait for the birth. You'd check the moon sign. Then you'd check. So you'd see what zodiac sign it was in, what sun sign it was in, what lunar mansion was in, and what quarter of the lunar mansion. Each of those quarters has a syllable. So you'd start the child's name. The first syllable of the name would be the one associated with that quarter of the lunar mansion. Wow. So it's an empowerment tool. So the idea was like every time you heard your name or saw it in writing, it's like when Super Mario hits the mushroom and he like doubles in size, <laughs> like it feeds energy <laughs> in your mind. And you're like, oh, yes. Oh, that is my name. Thank you. Yeah. So it's almost like an energetic name, like totally. based on your birth. What so are those names? It's your essence. Uh, it can it, be anything. It can be like I'm. You've got to find where your moon is. Great. 
<laughs> find where my moon and is. I know someone can help you find your moon. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> He's sitting right over here, Laura. I know, but it's like, I was thinking it was more like historically, if these symbols, not symbols, these, when you can name someone, these syllables that we were saying, like, yeah, yeah. had, if it was, you know, like the traditional names, maybe from India type thing, if there's... There was a history to that, but no, it depends on. I think the, the history we see in India, they have this, they have this tradition with seed sounds. So it's like the famous one is like, is like the, they they use that mantra like the Om. Mm -hmm. It's actually an Ong. Like when you go to the, like the Vedic, uh, not the Vedic, the Kundalini Yoga people, mm -hmm. like it's actually an NG sound. So you have like the Ong, you have an Ing. Yeah. What they would do is they take a deity's name, they take the first syllable and just attach. In NG, so they had this. They had this tradition of seed sounds of these one-syllable mantras. Because, like in all spiritual traditions, they say that the universe is created from sound, from from some sort of like sonic waves and radiation. Yeah. And they identified there are these twenty-seven syllables, these sounds that are most important, and they kind of make up the fabric. Of the universe. Then you get in the runes, and there's 24 of them, and those those are the 24 energies that make up the fabric of, you know, everything. It's deep. It is deep, and I can imagine like if someone was to come into your practice, and so what do they have to? What's the first thing they have to do? It's it's their time of birth or date of birth. What are the things that they need to? What do you need to give you to get a good Vedic? Astrology um, reading, is that what you, it is? Yeah. Mm -hmm. You want um, the most specific birth time you can. So, you know, within the last 70, 70 or so years, they've been pretty good at recording a birth time, you know, down to the minute. The more specific you can get, the better, because then you can, you can get an accurate ascendant sign. You know, and the ascendant is which of the sun signs was rising, you know, the minute you were born. Um, if you don't have that and you just have the day, you can get a really good reading just using the moon. So what I'll do is I'll put the moon in the first house and we'll go from there. And it's still extremely accurate. What is the reading actually? Like what is, you know, cause traditional, you know, mainstream astrology is like, oh, today you're this or oh. that. But what is it like a Vedic like so when you're this doing is, these readings, what is this? This is an individual blueprint. Okay, a blueprint. So it's basically your roadmap. So it's specific and it's general at the same time. So we go through we go through ascendant sign, sun sign, moon sign, all that. The two most important things I do is something called a Dharma Devata. So Dharma means life path. It's basically the force of sort of spiritual destiny. It's all about what you came here to do. So when you look at the mind, I take this iceberg model. So the thing with icebergs, you can only see what? The top 5%, 10%, right? Mm -hmm. and the rest of it's below the surface. It's super mysterious. You can't see it. Your mind's like that. So being generous, 10% of your mental activity is conscious. So those are all the actions, the thoughts, the feelings we choose to have. It's very minimal. The other 90% is unconscious. So those are all of our triggers. So we just have all these preferences, prejudices, aversions, 
um, what's the other word? Affinities? Yeah, affinities. Mm -hmm. So we have all those and we really can't explain them. And then the subconscious is like the overlap zone. It's like, the, it's like this little sliver of an overlap on a Venn diagram where the circles overlap. So the subconscious, that's the part of your conscious self that can say, okay, wait a minute, let me look deeper here. Oh, oh, this person triggers me because it reminds me of someone who really hurt my feelings 15 years ago. It's that ability to do that. Mm -hmm. But most, most of our mental activity, our thoughts, our feelings, we don't even know they're going on. We don't even know why. But that's the most important part of you is your unconscious. That is your built-in manifester that's constantly building your circumstances, your world, your health, your finances, your relationships. It's working whether you're asleep, awake, whatever. So it's always running in the background. So a big part of this is all about understanding this deeper level of yourself. So there's so with these three levels of a mind, there's a planet that rules each one. If you work with this one that rules the unconscious mind, deals with your life path, your destiny, all that stuff, you can understand the themes that you want to embrace in your life. And as long as you embrace those general themes, there are so many different things you could possibly do with yourself. So let me, can I use you as an example? Yeah. So when you did your own, I'm sure you did your own Vedic astrology or had your, your thing, right? Yeah, my first astrology teacher gave yeah. me the, the reading. reading, yeah. What was something that you took away from that? You're like, oh, I finally got insight into that. I'm just curious. If I, I got, if I, I can be so yeah. personal. <clears throat> I got insight just into like why I like the spirit why I'm interested in the things I'm interested in and yeah. why I want to put time into those. That's so, cool. so for me, it's, it's a Mercury in Pisces. So that's what's called Mercury's debilitation. So a debilitation in pop astrology, it's made out to be a catastrophe. <laughs> yeah, the Mercury retrograde is happening. Hide in, under yeah. your bed. There isn't yeah. a mom in America when their kids go nuts. We're like, oh, great. Mercury, Mercury's in retrograde, yeah. so brace yourselves. So planets have home signs, and that's like you're in your house. You're comfortable. You've got everything you need at your disposal. You got an exaltation. That's where a planet is like a celebrity, and it's where it's intoxicated. So it's having a great time, but it's not as comfortable and as strong as as if it's at home. Then you have a debilitation. That's where a planet is most uncomfortable. And But the thing is, it can do some of its most amazing work when it's uncomfortable because it has necessity. Hmm. So Mercury is the intellect. It's, it's your ability to think and communicate, speak, all that stuff. We should really like Mercury. Oh, yeah, Mercury's. You can't live in this world without it. You can't live without an intellect. So, yeah, so I have a Mercury. So Mercury, Mercury teaches, speaks, thinks. Mercury travels. It's the fastest planet. You know, it, can, it takes like 90 days to go around the sun. Uh, Mercury's a messenger. Like in the mythology, it's divine messenger. Mm. So it has messages. Now it's in Pisces. It hates being in Pisces. Its home is Virgo because it's all about thinking thinking carefully, thinking things through. It's all about being practical, sorting the details. Pisces is like a big, it's like a big mess of a sign. Because it's like all the other, 
all the other 11 sort of combined. It's like the deep ocean, you know, and it's like mm. ships like sink to the bottom of it. And it's got weird creatures, you know, yeah. <laughs> like James Cameron and the submarine, yeah. you know. <laughs> so all you Pisces out there, <laughs> yeah. you just learned something about yourself. So like a Mercury in Pisces and like Pisces deals with like, the deep unconscious, your deep unconscious emotions and thoughts. It deals with isolated places, you know, with like getting away, going out into peace, quiet. It deals with spirituality. It deals with like the other worlds, like beyond this one. Mm -hmm. It's a tough place for the intellect because the intellect wants numbers. It wants order. It wants order. For sure it wants order. So, again, you, you learn what you, why you are the way you are. Yeah. But, but what about, is there, were there any illuminations about what you want to change? Is that something normal that you're reading? Like you might see like, oh, I don't like that so much. Can I change it? Is there. Like, can you change like some. Hmm. Well, if there's something in the reading, you're like, oh, I don't resonate with that. Or that's not who I want to be. Um, you know. Oh, yeah. Well, so that's is, a process. Yeah. Okay. Because you might have that reaction. So it's like, okay, well, I, I'll acknowledge my feeling. Yeah. But then you have to sit with it. Because a lot of the time, those knee-jerk reactions, that's like the self-sabotage kicking in. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> I don't want to be that because my parents said I'm, I'm good at this other thing. Yeah, you know right, I mean? right, right, right. But don't, don't discount it. Yeah. Like, just sit with it and be like, okay, okay. Well, why do I feel this way? Okay. And, you know, but that's another thing, too, is it's like, as we live and as, like, we like kind of dump more like internal baggage uh -huh. and we become more ourselves. Uh -huh. Then it kind of starts to get irrelevant and then you kind of can be whoever you want. But yeah. that that's like the, that's what they call like the great like work of alchemy yeah. is to, you know, you, you've basically like, you sort of like put your ego in check. And then you're like, okay, well, now I'm not limited to this chart anymore. But, I mean, that's a life's work. Yeah, that is life's work, isn't it? Now, runes. Yeah. Um, R-U-N-E-S. It's another modality of astrology. No, no. These, these are... I'm asking for our listeners. <laughs> <laughs> Do not shame me. <laughs> so sorry. So you're like, runes. Yeah. Ruins. Okay. No, not ruins. 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 Please explain. So in the mytho <laughs> so in the mythology, in the Germanic world, you had the you had the all father, you had Odin. Odin's an interesting character, because Odin is basically a symbol of like our our awareness, our intellectual awareness, our spiritual awareness. So in the mythol and that's why he's the king of the pantheon. You know, it's the hi our highest awareness is what he symbolizes. So in a mythology, he um, he's always questing for knowledge, for wisdom. So Odin was hanging on this in the in the story. He's hanging on this tree for nine days. And. And basically, the runes came to him. There was something that he could intuit. So the idea was that he made himself uncomfortable. He pushed, he faced his fears, invested in himself, and 
he became wise. So the runes, they're symbols of basically these 24 fundamental energies mm -hmm. that um, are basically like the fabric of everything that exists. So what you can do with these, in a reading, you can basically create a mind map. So I'll pull nine runes and I'll basically make a compass. And I'll, so you got eight directions and you got one in the middle. Now, this is where the whole, the whole like nine worlds thing comes in. So if you watch like the Marvel movies, like with Thor, they talk about the nine worlds. Every spiritual tradition in Eurasia has this symbol that looks like a compass. It's got eight, it's, it's a cross, it's a cross with like another cross on top of it. So it's a cross with an X superimposed. So those, those nine worlds are basically like the nine dimensions in our reality. Now the physicists are starting to say, oh, we think realities have nine dimensions. So because the universe is made that way, your mind is also made that way. Your mind has like these nine forces, basically. So you lay the runes out in that pattern and you get a snapshot for sort of what somebody's mind is doing at the time. So you can use this for someone wants to say, okay, I want to, I feel like I'm out of balance. I want to see what my whole inner world is doing. So you lay these runes out. And some will be upright, some will be reversed, kind of like tarot cards. Based on the ones that are reversed, I can give you a rune to meditate with, a symbol to meditate with, which helps rebalance the whole thing. You can use these when you have decisions to make. And you can look at the potentials of certain courses of action. So that's another thing, too, <laughs> with like tarot reading, psychics, astrology. Nobody can tell you what the future is, but they can tell you the likely probabilities of certain actions. You know, if you stick with certain course of actions, things are probably going to turn out this way. Yeah, potentials. It's all potentials, mm -hmm. yeah. Well, I can't believe we've already read our time. There's just so much to unfold here. I'm just listening to Patrick, and I feel like I need to, like, this could be a college course. It, it, there's a lot to learn. Oh, it's, I can unload on you. <laughs> there's just not enough time. But, I mean, I really feel like there's history, there's background. I mean, there's just, I mean, you're talking things like the Roman Empire, and then you're talking, I mean. There, well, there's a lot. I there's think that's, so much. That's, that's I'm sorry. I was going to say. That's one of the things that's so interesting right now is that we have this esoteric wisdom, we have science, we have technology, and it's all blending right now. Mm. And, you know, when you go back into the history and really learn, you know, what, how this transpired and um, really sort of developed over time and got moshed, re reinterpreted, mm -hmm. you know, and, and how that's related to, you know, a lot of these um, movements within our centuries, we've we've we're now rediscovering and going back to the roots. So it's a really cool time to yeah. be alive and bring all these attributes, the east and west together, the old, the new together. Um, so that's what I I don't know if you have anything to add to that. Um, I think that's amazing. Yeah, <laughs> I think this we're living in like a a foretold time. You know what I mean? I for sure know what you mean. I'm totally like on. It, I'm totally tracking. Like like people, free, you know, it's like what? We've lived through, what, 10, 10 ends of the world in the last three years. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like this. It's always it. This is it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And it's like there, there's so there's so much to be freaked out about, but I mean I think it's an awesome time. Yeah. All right. So it's that time for that soulful stretch. A soulful stretch we do every end of every episode where we just sort of recap and rethink about what's what's expanded our minds, opened our hearts. Um, things that we want to work on. So my soulful stretch is something you said in regards to um, in debilitation, there can be pro- productivity. And so just applying that not only to a, a moon or a planet, but just in life, that when you know, you're know you down, this is where change and happen occurs. So while it may feel like you're down and out, you're really going in and up. So that's that was my soulful stretch. Yeah. What about you, Laura? Well, I feel like I just have a lot to learn about this modality. And I mean, I love astrology and it just kind of opens up a whole new um, unawareness, really, of, you know, just a different, I don't know, it it just, it questions it. And so you always hear people say, oh, there was a thing that came out a few years ago, like, if you thought you were this sign, you're really this sign. And it probably has a lot to do with the Vedic astrology. It's like, so it. It makes me just want to re-examine it a little bit. Sidereals have been making a comeback for probably the last 10 years where people have been more vocal about it. It's interesting. Yeah. Any soulful stretch on your end? Man, I'm going through, yeah, <laughs> like one a minute. Um, <laughs> yeah, who's not stretching? <laughs> thing I've just been going through lately, you know, I'm kind of walking in here with this is like, it's just this whole idea of, you know, if you want to level up, you have to throw things out mm-hmm. rather than bring new things in. Mm-hmm. So it's like that that's an ongoing thing for me, you know. Yeah. So it's like I've been kind of immersed in that in a few weeks. And it's like it's, it's something we know, but then you're always seeing it with different eyes and you're yeah. like, man. Yeah, I get it. I got to totally get deeper it. into that. Very cool. That's that's good work. Well, thank you so much, Patrick, for enlightening us about Thanks for this. having me. Yeah, it's very cool about Vedic astrology. And if anyone needs an acupuncturist in Wilmington area over at Healing Leaves, make a booking with Patrick. You can also book a session, uh, get your reading for runes and Vedic astrology through the Soul Shape app as well. Um, so thank you, Patrick, and thank you, Leslie, and Signal Fire Media. Um, we believe here at Soul Shape that wellness starts within and you can unlock unlimited possibilities with energetic healing. So embrace the woo, dabble, whether you're dabbling, diving, or discovering your next healing experience on the Soul Shape app. We, Soul Shape app, we hope you've enjoyed this soulful stretch and we encourage you to do something to raise your vibration today. So, because the ripple effects are endless. So join us again and be sure to like, follow, subscribe to the Soul Shape Podcast. Thanks Thanks again. Thanks, everybody. Thank you. Thanks Thanks for having me. (laughs)